You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. It's work or order the same thing at his favorite restaurant. Some of you guys are like, what? What kind of question is that? No? Nobody's going to laugh? Okay. Okay, so for those of you guys who don't know me, I love interaction. So feel free to laugh, to say amen, whatever. Get, get involved, engaged. It's great. All right, so while you guys are thinking about this question, I have a confession to make. I hate, and yes, I use the word hate. I hate working out. It is the worst thing in the world. I get into start to working out, and I'm like, this will be a great idea. And then about five minutes in, I'm winded. I start to feel my muscles get sore. I'm like, ugh, this is the worst. I don't know why I keep doing this. And usually I start a routine and then I flop out. I stop. I start a routine and I flop out. But if I didn't know anything about working out, I would just assume, okay, it's hard. It's difficult. I'm not going to do anything. But I know when I work out, I have got to push myself a little bit further you know if I go work out lift weights which sometimes I do but I stop because all my muscles in my body hurt right <laughs> and then I find out that I have muscles that I didn't realize I had because they hurt and but if if I went into working out and I didn't realize or know that it was profitable for me it was healthy for me I wouldn't do it but I do know that it's good I do know that working out, pushing my body just a little bit more every time I work out is a good thing. And when, I, when, when we practice this, we go in and we're like, ah, it's a half a mile. Okay, so we go into a half a mile, we're winded, we're tired, but then we work at it and guess what? We start to run maybe a mile and a half with no problems. And I know you runners are out there like, CJ, you're so lazy, only a mile and a half. And I'm like, okay, I'm making progress, all right, chill. And so, (laughs) um, you know, and then maybe it's push-ups or lifting weights or whatever until you start off with one pull-up or one push-up, and then eventually you get to five and 10 and 15. Or maybe you're lifting weights and you start off with five-pound weights, and then you get to 15 or 20, and then you start looking like Pastor Jesse, who's all buff and ripped. I don't think I'll get there, but whatever. So... We, we, we come into this mindset of working out that it's healthy to push ourselves kind of just past that limit because we look at that line of like, I can do this, maybe I can't do this, and we start to step over that and we're like, okay, this is attainable. And for us as a church, there's a calling for us as new life, there's a calling for us as individuals where we can't just be still, but we're called by God to take a step forward to push ourselves to to extend ourselves just a little bit more and then when we do guess what we find out this isn't so scary you know what i can handle this and then we get to there and then we start to push ourselves just a little bit more and we're like you know what this isn't that scary and we keep doing that and doing that and that's a healthy thing and so this morning when i ask you guys a question what is the mission the life goal or the direction that God has for new life? What is the mission or the vision or the goal that God has for you? 
as individuals? What is that mission? What are we called to do? Because as I just talked about working out, it's like we can't just sit here and expect that we're going to fulfill this mission that God calls us to as a church and as individuals. But we have to, to be active. So if you have your Bibles or your swords, please turn with me to Matthew. We're going to be in the 28th chapter, starting in verse 19. And this verse says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm going to read that again. And I feel like there are some key words in this passage that, that we need to pay attention to. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. So there's some words here, as you can see, those words that are highlighted are active words. These words are telling us that we have to go do something. So the first one, go. It's like, if I asked you guys to go somewhere, like, hey, will you go and do this for me? If you guys were like, okay, and didn't move, you wouldn't be going, right? My kids know this well. I'm like, we're trying to get them ready for for school or to go somewhere i'm like come on go get your shoes on they're like okay and they just sit on the couch or they're doing whatever i'm like no go <laughs> it requires movement get on child you know and so it's like there, there's a affirmative action that we're called to and if we look up what this word means in this context we find out that it means to move to live or conduct ourselves and here's, here's one. It means unto death. Unto death. So if God, Jesus, is saying go, it isn't just for this season of life, but in this, when he says this, he's saying unto death as you go throughout your life. There's a movement your whole life. Whether you're younger or you're older, we're commanded as you go. And so you could really read this verse to say, as you go throughout your life, make disciples. So this doesn't give us an out, you guys. We're, we're called to move, to go throughout our life. And then we're called to what? Make disciples. There's a learning process that happens both for us and for the people that we're trying to impact. So schooling normally takes about 12 years to get through primary school. And then if you want an advanced degree, you, you spend about three to eight more years to get an advanced degree. And if you look at just the amount of schooling that we do, that's a long time. That's quite a bit of a commitment. And it's the same thing from disciple making. God isn't asking us to make disciples just for a season of life. But as we go, we're called to be learners and we're called to also make disciples. That means that requires some action from us. 
So if you think about your life, who in your life are you making disciples with? You know, because at some point, you might draw one or two people near you, but at some point in your life, you need to draw more people. And then we see also in this passage, it says to teach or to instruct. So we see that the natural progression here is I meet Jesus, I accept him as my Lord and Savior, and then I sit at his feet and I start to learn. And at some, pro- some time in this process, when I'm sitting at his feet learning, guess what? I have to turn around and I have to go teach. I have to make disciples. I can't spend my whole life not going. I can't spend my whole life not making. I can't spend my whole life not teaching. Because this is Jesus' command to us to go Make disciples as you go make disciples. So I'm learning. You guys learn stuff here. You guys go to Bible study or wherever. And as you learn these things, don't just hold it to yourselves, but turn around and pull people in near you and say, hey, guess what I learned? Guess what I read? Guess what God put on my heart? It's like you're you're teaching. You're learning. You're making disciples. And we, we can't do it all by ourselves. This is a call for all of us, all of us. Because as a ministry professional, I get paid for what I do. It doesn't fall on me because if, if all the Jesus followers in this world relied on everybody else, guess what? Eventually, we'd have no Jesus followers. Eventually, we'd have no impact on the world. Eventually, we would not be able to reach all nations for discipleship because we can't rely on other people as disciple makers. We can't. We can't rely on our ministry professionals. So what is the mission that God has given New Life? What's the mission that God has given us as individuals? And as we just read, it's to go and make disciples of all nations. So that means that we have to be moving. We have to be doing. And how are we going to do that? That's a great question. I'm glad you guys asked that. How do we do this? Well, I'm going to take you back to the first question that I asked at the beginning of the service. What would, or would God take the same route to work or order the same thing at his favorite restaurant? I want to hear some feedback. What do you guys think? God's never changing, okay. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. By a show of hands, how many of you guys think God would do the same thing? Just a few of you? Okay. How many of you guys think he would do something different? Okay. You guys want to know the answer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But what I can tell you is that as I look out at every single one of us, myself included, it's like we probably would. And we do because, and I got this thing. Everybody said that out loud. 
Comfort zone. We all have a comfort zone. And it looks like this. I get up, I've got the same morning routine. I take the exact same way to work every single day. I maybe pack the same lunch. I maybe go to the same seat at church. How many of you guys are still sitting in the same seat? It's your comfort zone, right? You go to the same restaurants probably after church on Sunday or throughout the week. You order the same thing because it's your comfort zone. It's where we feel okay. But I would, I would like to maybe put, put this out there. There's something about this comfort zone that feeds our sinful nature. Because our comfort zone is very inward focused. We think about me. It is my comfort zone. I think about what makes me comfortable. And that's, that's a dangerous thought when we're thinking, when we're looking at this, this great commission that Jesus puts out there for us, we can't be okay with our comfort zone because this doesn't allow us to go out into the world or be willing to go out into the world to reach others for the sake of the kingdom. Now, what if this morning we can take our comfort zone, instead of thinking of, of it as a comfort zone, we thought of it as a circle of influence. Because when we think about circle of influence, this is more outward thinking. This is saying, who can I influence for the sake of the kingdom? Who do I reach for the sake of the kingdom? This takes us out of our comfort zone and says, I need to be reaching somebody else. I need to be impacting somebody else. If you guys would turn with me to Mark. We're going to be in the 12th chapter, 29th verse. And Jesus is being questioned by one of the scribes as to what is the greatest commandment? And in verse 29, Jesus answered, the most important is this, and he's getting this from De Deuteronomy. It's called the Shema. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the word neighbor here within this context, you guys, isn't your at-home neighbor. Surprise. The word neighbor here means the person next to you. It literally means whoever is close to you at this time. Turn to your neighbor and say, hi, neighbor. That's your neighbor. That's who we're called to impact. That's who we're called to love. And our circle of influence calls us to love our neighbor. In the words of DC Talk, love is a verb. verb. Thank you. Love is a verb. It requires action. In the Great Commission, it requires action. In the great, Greatest Commandment, it requires action. And so we have to, to be willing to move ourselves out of our comfort zone turn that comfort zone into a circle of influence and say, who can I impact? What do I need to do to impact my neighbor? And so I got three areas that I want us to focus on this morning. Church, school and work, and our homes. So let's start off with church. 
Some of you guys are churchgoers. You sit in your comfort zones, and this isn't me trying to be negative, okay, so don't hear that. But you sit in your comfort zones, you come maybe only on Sunday mornings, and you sit in the exact same chair, and you don't really talk to anybody. To push your comfort zone and change it to a circle of influence, maybe you see a new face, and you say, hey, good morning. My name is CJ. Only insert your own name there. Yeah, okay. So you introduce yourself and, and you start to build that relationship. Maybe it's sitting in a different chair, kind of mixing things up, getting used to it. I get it. New things are scary. Change is scary. But if we're going to start doing things differently, it's going to require change. It's going to require new things to be introduced into our world. You know. So maybe you start to get more and more comfortable with that. And then you're like, hey, I feel called to serve. But maybe you're not an upfront guy, so maybe you join the tech team or some, some more behind-the-scenes type of service. Maybe you're an usher, whatever that might be. And then maybe you push yourself a little bit more and you do first impressions. And you, you just you greet people as they come in through the door. Or maybe you serve in kids' life or student life or the armory, or one of our adult ministries, or you call the church office and you say, hey, I'd like to serve somewhere. Where can I, be, where can I serve? And you just you, you start, to, you start to push yourself to do a little bit more, to serve a little bit more for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the mission that God has set on us to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's driven by love. So if we think about our work, you know, we, we sit in our chair or our desk or wherever that might be, or if you're at school, you sit in your desk and think about, okay, who could I maybe reach out to and talk to? Who can I start to build that relationship with? Who can I maybe invite to lunch or invite to coffee or spend some time with? Or if you're the fishers, maybe invite them over for a game night. You know, you, you push yourself just a little bit more. And then when you get comfortable with that, guess what? There's always more to do. So think about your home. You know, as a dad, one of my first mission fields is my wife, Sarah, and my two kids. And so I need to do what I can to make them disciples of Jesus. But then my job doesn't end there. I got to go outside my home and maybe I invite my neighbor over for dinner. Maybe my mission is not just my home because they used to call it a neighborhood, okay? People actually knew each other, believe it or not. They would go outside of their own house, and they would say, hey, neighbor, I know you. You know, it's kind of like um, uh, tool time, you know? <laughs> got neighbor Wilson, they got that relationship thing going on. It's like, howdy, neighbor. But now, and, and I tell my kids at the detention center this, we have moved from a neighborhood to just the hood. And that's the truth. It's because we moved away from actually knowing our neighbors to, to putting them at arm's length. And again, it's not reliant on ministry professionals. You're not going to call up Pastor Jesse and be like, hey, Pastor Jesse, uh, will you come over and introduce yourself to the neighbor and help make that relationship happen? You're not going to do that. It's, it's on you guys to build that relationship. And so we think about 
what is our personal mission? Our mission is to make disciples of all nations. It is driven by love because we're called to, by God, to do this. It's an action. I want to close with a story, just a practical story of how this happens, okay? I had uh, some good friends of ours. They moved to Tennessee, and one night I get this phone call, and they're like, hey, CJ, I got some friends that are moving out of the area, and they need to move out tonight. And like all of you guys, you hear those words, will you help them move? And what happens in your heart? You're like, <laughs> let's be honest. We all do it. I know it. But so I get this phone call and then immediately the Holy Spirit's like, CJ, come on, you got to help. And I said, all right, yes, I'll help. And so I contacted a whole bunch of people and I tried to and I only got a, a, some response, but our, a lot of us from the armory showed up, and we started helping this couple move. And in the process of helping this couple move, if you guys know Dave Lloyd, he helps me lead the armory. Dave is kind of animated, so he gets loud, and we, can, we joke around together and whatnot, but he's in this moving U-Haul, and he's making kind of a lot of noise, and it's about maybe 8 o'clock at night, so it's not that late. And this neighbor comes out, he is plastered drunk, and he comes over to this truck, and he starts wailing into my friends, like, quit being so loud. Why are you being so loud? People are trying to sleep, and all this other stuff. We're like, it's 8 o'clock, dude, and, but Dave, being Dave, said, hey, I'm sorry. We're, we're just trying to help this neighbor move, and the guy's like, well, just keep it down, okay, and he goes back inside, and he's Every so often, every few minutes, he's coming back outside, got a beer in his hand, and he's watching us move, this other couple. And then about 10 minutes later, I'm in the truck, and this dude, for whatever reason, so mad about us moving this couple, he comes out and just, like, starts yelling at me. He's like, hey, I thought I told you to keep... Oh, you're not the other dude. I go, no. It's like, I'm CJ. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. <laughs> and he's like... And I said, hey, I'm sorry about all the noise. We're just trying to move this other couple. You know, my apologies. And he's like, you know what? You're a cool dude. I like you. You're awesome. <laughs> I go, great. That's awesome. I, I'm glad that you think I'm awesome. And then, so the night kept progressing, and eventually we got finished packing, and we were circled up to pray this couple off, and we invited this man to come pray with us in our circle. And he prayed with us, and then afterwards, he invited us to come into his home and to talk with him. Now, up until this point, there are a lot of points where I could have exited off, where I could have grabbed my, my comfort zone and said, you know what? You're being aggressive. I don't want to talk to you. Or, you know what? I don't, you know, I, I don't like who you are. I don't like... The, the image that you're putting off, I'm a Christian, I'm better than you, and so I can sit in my comfort zone and just stay here and be okay. But instead, God called me to increase my circle of influence and to talk to him and to, to eventually invite him into our prayer circle to pray for this couple. And then we got invited into his house, and we find out that he witnessed a young child get murdered, and he lost his wife, 
And he had a lot of hurt and a lot of brokenness in his life that was feeding this anger. And I wouldn't have found that out had I stayed in my comfort zone. But I was willing to increase my circle of influence to try to build this relationship. And we keep talking, and we've talked, and we've texted. And he calls me at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he calls me at 7 o'clock, and at all random times of the day. But you know what? He's coming back to church. He's starting to, to walk in this direction that he sees there's something about CJ and the, and, and the friends that he hangs out with that I want to be a part of. That's the circle of influence. And it's not me, you guys. It's Jesus. It's Christ working through me to make disciples. And I'm trying to bring them close, and I'm trying to bring them to church, and I'm trying to bring them near healthy influences and get them what he needs to get back on track. And that would not happen if I stayed in my circle of influence. And so the challenge this morning to you guys is, is who is that person that you need to reach out to? Where do you need to serve in order to have a kingdom impact? And when we push ourselves just a little bit more, that uncomfortableness starts to becoming more comfortable. And then we do it a little bit more. And so if this was my comfort zone, I start adding to it and I start pushing myself. It starts expanding. Not like that, brokenness. <laughs> but it starts expanding a little bit more. And then we start to see a little bit more. And we start to see a little bit more. And we start to see a little bit more. And it's because of that growth. It's because of us moving and being obedient that we can see everybody become disciple. So become a disciple maker who makes disciples, who makes disciples that loves God and loves others. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.